Well, hello, and welcome to the Partner Connection. This is Dell Technologies Partner Program podcast, and I'm Cheryl Cook. And today I'm delighted and excited to be speaking with Sandy Hogan. She's the Senior Vice President and Worldwide Partners and Commercial Organization at VMware. Well, hello, Sandy. Thanks so much for joining us. Hi, Cheryl. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. I know a lot of the partners probably know your name, but what has it been a year? How long have you been at VMware now? Maybe share with the team just a little bit about how long you've been there and your responsibilities also include the commercial organization. So share a little bit about your role at VMware. Sure. So hard to believe. I think I have to uh, remind myself of this every day. I have been at VMware now almost 18 months. And I swear, most of the time, it feels like it has flown by. Yet, when you look at how much changes and evolves in such a short period of time, I feel like I've already been here a decade. (laughs) Uh, So uh, in all seriousness, I'm responsible for our global partner ecosystem and really taking our partner opportunity to the next level. And I'm also responsible for our worldwide commercial sales business, which is a very fast growing market for us here at VMware. That's exciting and welcome. I know we uh, share so many partners and I know they're excited to hear from you. And we certainly have enjoyed a really strategic collaboration across the two businesses. So I know when you look at Well, I've described this pandemic time as a bit of a time warp, right? Some things feel fast, some things feel slow, but there's no question the partner ecosystem is evolving. And as you said, when you look at the pace of the market and many of our partners, they're conducting business today in multiple business models. They're really agile and responding to the growing trends that our customers have around consumption and how they've had to address their business. Talk a little bit about what you're seeing, how you're focused on your top priorities for the year, just given how much the whole ecosystem and the community is evolving. You summarized it really well, Cheryl. Even within the last 12 of my 18 months at VMware, we've seen more rapid evolution and change with our partner ecosystem than probably the last five years combined. And I don't anticipate that slowing down. As a matter of fact, I see it really speeding up, which is challenging all of us, no matter what role we play in the ecosystem to enhance our capabilities. And um, like you just highlighted, we actually recognize and see that partners are really expanding into multiple business models. They're no longer just a reseller or just a system integrator. They're looking at the entire customer lifecycle and anything from how they create demand and influence the customer's decision-making process, all the way to services that drive deployment and consumption. And for many, consumption's a new type of word in this cloud SaaS orientation. And I would say, that partners are really leaning in and evolving their businesses to really focus on what I would call outcome as a service. And why I highlight that is we talk about moving to software and subscription. Well, that's actually not the end game. The end game is about delivering value, delivering outcome 
to the customer. And the as a service, of course, is creating the flexibility and optionality for all of our customers to consume in the way that is best suited for their business. And so that's what I mean by outcome as a service. So our partners are building more and more of those types of capabilities, advanced MSPs, really moving up the stack to provide much more of the holistic solutions. And so really we've been spending as much time as possible listening, adapting, and turning all of this into really a strategy for the future. And we have identified three real top of mind priorities that we think will help take all of us collectively as a partner ecosystem to the uh, greater land with our customers. The first is, and you see and read so much about this, which is this transact motion that we're all used to is ultimately becoming the least important part of the customer life cycle. Many celebrate the actual transact motion, and that's actually where the journey begins in many respects. And so our first priority is really around building partner-led services capabilities that focus on this world of influence, deploy, and consume, which is transformational for us, frankly. It's requiring a big shift. And so how do we enable, encourage more partners to play key advisory roles in influencing the customers on their digital transformation journey? And we've already been doing this, but how do we enhance the customer lifecycle incentives so that we're enabling, empowering, incentivizing our partners to build capabilities across every aspect of the customer touch point? And of course, within that, customer success is really critical for us, whether that be creating new certifications, capabilities, and such. So that's a really important shift for us. Second is what I would call embedding VMware into the DNA of our partner solutions with scaled go-to-market. In other words, not build for one. <laughs> which I think is really important for all of us to scale. But everything about what the customers tell all of us is they no longer want bespoke products and they don't want technology for technology's sake. And so it's really important for everything that we do here at VMware that we're embedding this entire multi-cloud platform capability, enabling our partners to jointly innovate, enable them to build solutions on top of our VMware cross-cloud services, whether that be areas like solution labs, self-service business innovation, and really finding faster, more effective ways to enable our partners to go to market. And of course, without question, more profitably. And that all has to be based, we believe, on use case-based solutions. And this is what our partners tell us pretty much daily is customers are trying to solve specific business problems. And the more that we can wrap our capabilities, whether they be industry oriented, more problem solve oriented, 
wrap around practice development, certifications that help us really rally that, that actually drives, believe it or not, and who would have thought, Cheryl, we'd be talking about this, at least we weren't talking about it a few years ago, a partner-to-partner acceleration, Mm -hmm. which is essentially, you know, it's no longer one partner wins all, or it's one partner that's engaging with the customer. It's an ecosystem of partners. And so we have to enable a way, and this is why it's a big part of our priority, that we enable our partners to bring the unique capabilities they're building and that they have, but also enable them to leverage other partner capabilities and incentivize them to do so. So again, we're solving for the customer problem collectively and not just relying on winner take all in that type of approach. I think you're just so spot on on the outcome centric, outcome oriented nature of this, which is why it's creating the need for partners to team and align with each other because the deeper the expertise around a vertical or a workload or what have you, everybody can't be everything to everyone, right? Right. So it's phenomenal. And it's hard to do. I've been in the tech industry, I don't even know how long, honestly. (laughs) I think it's, you know, the tech space specifically, 20 plus years, and I spent a decade coming into technology without technology history. But I came from industries that were very outcome oriented. And so it's an adjustment to move to a place where you focus on the outcome first, not on the technology first. And that's always something that creates a unique challenge for all of us to act differently and go to market differently. Well, I tell you, it does represent an amazing opportunity for our partners, though, because in so many respects, they've been ahead of us, frankly, I think, delivering managed services, and they've built out capabilities and practices around these deep levels of expertise that are just coming to the forefront now, right? And what our focus is now shifting to, as you're outlining here, is how do we help enable that? How do we simplify our program and engagement to align and be much more relevant, right, to what the business needs are that they're having to serve, which I think to your point, we're all kind of a bit on an evolution. So when you talk about building out services and self-service business innovations and labs, how are you guys thinking of that and where are you maybe on the evolution of your program. I know we use terms, obviously 1.0, 2.0. Partners really value predictability and nobody yes. needs shockwaves in massive changes. But at the same time, we're all having to kind of evolve the overall relevance of the program. So how are you guys thinking about that? It's a great point you made, Cheryl. And I think an important word that you actually started the podcast with was agile. And I think big learning for us as well is we can no longer operate in a way that we build a program for a partner to conform to. And to the very point that you just made, our partners are so capable in many respects. They've forward invested. They've taken risks. They're ahead in a number of areas. And so where we're really challenging ourselves is 
okay, how do we build that in a scalable way that enables partners to build on their current capabilities and not feel like they have to roll backwards in order to engage? And so I would say we're early in our journey on the solutions area. A couple of highlights I would mention. First is I highlighted solution labs. We are operating very differently today where I would say we are looking to co-build with partners. In other words, when you mentioned predictability, we don't plan to surprise our partners with the voila of all of these net new incentives, et cetera. Everything we've rolled out in the last six to nine months have been solely focused around with partner feedback and partner engagement early in the process. And that was something that we committed to from the time that I started, that we were going to build that early into the motion. And so one of the areas for the last, I would say, six months, we have been identifying, you know, a number of our top partners, partners who are looking to incubate, where we've been doing joint solution labs with them. And it's a formal process. But what it is, is untapped in opportunity, meaning there's no predefined solution. There's no predefined approach to take. But we use the formal approach to define what type of solutions we want to jointly go to market with. And the amount of learning and what we're capturing out of that is phenomenal because one, we're learning about some of the key themes. Second, we're learning on how to package some of these solutions in a simpler way. What are the requirements our partners are looking for from us that we need to build into that? And then we are actually testing out some beta sites that are enabling partners to now go in and use that in a more virtual way and tap into that. So we're trialing a number of things, but I would say it's still really early on the solution orientation. I think, and like I said, all of our partners in many ways, they're a little more intimate at the application layer and the workload to really understand how to maximize performance on the infrastructure that we deliver. And the two companies between Dell and VMware, I mean, we've been really collaborating at the engineering level for the last several years. And I know that our partners are enjoying the move and hyper-converged and what we've jointly been able to do with VxRail type offers and products. But when you look at where you have really made advances and great strides with your cloud software, we have VCF on VMware. We've enjoyed tremendous success, but When you think about how many of our partners are shared partners, right? They participate in both of our programs. How can we team together and continue to provide that exciting momentum for continued growth for our partners? You know, Cheryl, this is going to sound oversimplified, yet at the same time, I think it's so important, which is in the end, when we come together to focus on the customer and what the customer is solving for. That is when I see Dell and VMware at our best because we don't just shoestring 
a potential solution we really solve for what the customer is solving for. And that's frankly, the power of our joint ecosystem is massive together. And that's what our partners look for from us, because that's where they see that we get the 100x factor, if you will. And I think that's what ensures excellence in delivering transformational outcomes. Because in the end, we can't lose together when we are helping our customers in this multi-hybrid cloud world. That combination is pretty unbeatable and that's going to continue. Yeah, there's just no question. We've got evidence. I mean, the market's moving fast and one of the advantages and strengths of the two companies jointly working together, candidly, is the sheer scale and amount of R&D that we're investing to help shape the future and capitalize and optimize the opportunity for growth against these new emerging trends. And we've all, I think, readily accepted that one size isn't going to fit all. It's not public cloud for everything and every workload. The reality is complex. It's about how to navigate a multi-cloud, hybrid cloud world and experience and be responsive to the business when the competitive pressures for our customers are frankly just moving at a speed like all of us are talking about how it's rather unprecedented. And in spite of a rather extraordinary working environment during the last 18 months in this pandemic, We're all seeing phenomenal results. We're all showing up and being remarkably resilient for our customers. And we might not be traveling as much, but we've never been busier. (laughs) Just crazy. Oh, my word. That's so true. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, one thing that we have highlighted, and I think they'd love to hear your comments, we've shared with There's the publicly announced upcoming potential spinoff of VMware from Dell Technologies, which candidly is a change in the capital structure of the two companies. Michael is going to remain the chairman of both companies, and we've negotiated a very strong commercial framework agreement that'll help govern what our overall relationship is across go-to-market, right? Sales, marketing, our co-developed solutions, as well as our executive engagements. And we've shared with our partners that it's really business as usual in the way of just our joint collaboration and our commitment to their shared success. Maybe give your remarks or comments on how you guys see it as well. I think you actually summarized it very well, you know, especially within the commercial framework agreement. We're going to continue to work together across sales, marketing, continue to innovate in our solutions development and our executive engagements. And I think especially when we see some of the trends, everyone was talking and has been talking about cloud and it was, everyone's moving to the cloud and it was moving to the public cloud. And now what we're seeing is it's about being cloud smart. And that to me affords tremendous opportunity for us to continue to accelerate our joint value proposition in helping our customers navigate and focusing on their success. And that to me is how we win together. There's so much untapped opportunity out there. I don't see it ending anytime soon. 
the growth horizon, as you said, and frankly, the part of the market and the addressable opportunity that our partners can participate in in that growth is really unprecedented, right? Michael uses a term that the world needs more technology, not less. <laughs> and yeah. it's integrated in everything we do. And I know we continue to see market leading and innovative and inspirational solutions that our partners are shaping the future and really making unbelievable transformative outcomes for our customers. So when you look at the shared success that we're enjoying with the partners, where do you see we're winning? Do you have any hot spots or stories or where you're just seeing unbelievable success? Well, I think one, we continue to see uh, great success in the VX Rail business. Dell continues to do amazing there in what we have in that joint solution. And we're seeing a massive acceleration and joint success in the commercial business. When you think about, again, even in the commercial space, our customers want even less bespoke solutions in that space. So when you think about something like a VX rail and what that offers up in a package solution, I think we're going to continue to see more of that joint success. We've had, while I can't name customer names, we've had some really great strategic engagements that have had both sales leadership front and center in solving for the customer's business problem, which I anticipate will continue. And then we continue to see growth area and strategic solutions around Carbon Black, VMC on Dell, and seeing those areas. And now with Tanzu and Modern Apps, we're going to continue to see that kind of up-leveling. And what's really great to see, I would say, especially in the last quarter or so, it's almost hard to pinpoint one example because we're seeing success and great practices across the board. It's like I said, rather unprecedented. I said it's a unique time in our industry and it's a pretty special time when you look at what we're both trying to work on to create that growth horizon for our partners and our shared solutions that we're bringing to market. So let me ask you just a leadership question. I mean, all of us have tested our agility, flexibility, creativity in the last 18 months while obviously enjoying some success. But when you look at leadership, how has that impacted you and your teams? And certainly you came into a new role and a new opportunity all through a Zoom lens yeah, <laughs> right yes. in 18 months. Just share your thoughts or perspectives. And I know you are a seasoned executive and been in the industry a while, but what do you lean on and what do you see as new learnings that are going to continue in this new world? Boy, you know, I think this has been said a number of times. However, it likely bears repeating, which is change is a constant. And I think what makes change different is how it's executed. And that for me is very important because what's in front of us, the challenges in front of us, how fast we adapt, that's not going to change. However, if we're changing for change's sake and 
we don't have the bigger picture or we don't have the context. Context is, I think, really important. I'm very big on, I believe in this learn and share type of culture where you've got to communicate, be clear about that communication, and you have to be consistent with it. And it's not just one way, it's very dynamic. And that means a lot of transparency because we are moving at such a pace that we can't afford not to have it. Otherwise, you miss sort of whether it be deep-rooted challenges or the problem you're actually trying to solve for if you don't have that type of communication and transparency. I think that, candidly, Cheryl trumps all because I've worked in so many different environments. We've been part of leading the change. We've had to adopt to the change. and. I always say you never want to be a victim of it. And so you either need to drive it or adopt it. And I think that's really important for me as a leader is every day that I get up, am I doing that? And sometimes it may be too transparent. So I have to manage that as well to make sure that we're balancing that. Second, I think, especially in the virtual world, which actually should be easier. And I found some of that easier for me working in the Zoom land, if you will, is breaking down silos. I'm a big believer in creating a boundaryless organization. It shouldn't matter where people report, where they sit geographically, what joint problems are we trying to solve and how do we go solve them together? And I would actually say I was advantaged with that starting out. Although it sounds ironic to say it, The reason I say I benefited is because I didn't have to feel like a remote worker dealing with a corporate headquarter environment. When I started, everybody was working out of their home offices. So you wouldn't sit on a Zoom call feeling like you're the only remote person on the call. And even though I wasn't meeting anybody in person, I had eye-to-eye contact with every single leader I met with on Zoom, which you can't do in sometimes that hybrid, half-in-person, half-in-virtual world. So I would say that that is really important. And again, I feel that's helped me in my onboarding at VMware as well. I've been describing this pandemic as the great equalizer because it has all of us, everyone around the world in the exact same circumstances. (laughs) So you're exactly right. And it does certainly break down the whole change management of engaging. And there's been a whole nother talk track I could have that I think there's also been just a humanitarian reveal through this process, right? We're not sweating the small stuff. Everybody, while we're apart, in some ways, we're actually more connected which has been a bit of a silver lining, which I hope we actually keep. So it's phenomenal. In summary here, throw you a little curveball. This is what I do to all my friends and my guests that come on is tell us a little fun fact about yourself that we wouldn't see in your bio or on your resume, or if we Googled you or some of your colleagues might not know. What's a fun fact about you? So a fun fact about me, well, my parents came to the U.S. from former Yugoslavia, seven months pregnant with me. 
Ah. Uh, my first language was Serbian and I grew up the first five years of my life in a house of 13 people in one bathroom. And uh, I swore wow. I would never have that happen later in my life <laughs> 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 to have to share a bathroom with that many people. So that's what you won't see on my LinkedIn. And I know you do so much in advocating for women in technology, and we will have to have you back and have a whole nother conversation around advocating women in technology and what we're doing around driving diversity and inclusion, because I know you're quite passionate about it, as am I. Oh, I would welcome that. It's uh, sadly, it's still a hot topic and it's a very important one and just tremendous opportunity as well. So. Well, there's no question that we've got a competition for talent right now. The horizon is so robust and bright with growth opportunities. We're going to need all the help and talent of as many women as we can bring into the industry. So we'll continue to advocate. Yes, no doubt. Absolutely. Well, Sandy, thank you so much for joining. I appreciate your insights. I know our partners are going to be thrilled to hear from you and We certainly value and appreciate your partnership and thanks so much for the opportunity and having you join us. Thank you, Cheryl, for having me. And likewise, we so value our partnership and for the joint partners we have together to ultimately deliver such compelling value to our joint customers. So thank you. Well, Sandy, thank you again so much for taking the time to speak with us. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe and review and give us your feedback and make sure to join back in the next couple of weeks for our next episode of the Partner Connection. Until then, I hope everyone stays safe and be well.